Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 107 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast retail store layout and merchandising tips. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. My intention for this episode is to help you make the most of your brick and mortar spaces, especially now since many of us are doing our store resets, you know, where you kind of get rid of all of the Christmas and holiday merchandise, clean up all of the glitter. If you're a store like me that carries a lot of home decor, we had glitter everywhere. You might still be sweeping it up. These tips could also apply to you if you're planning for a market booth or you have a booth space in a vendor mall. Before I start, I'm finding that many of you don't think I read the responses to the questions that we ask at the end of all the lessons in the Shopkeepers Academy, but I'm here to tell you I do. I really do, and I often respond to you. If you're a group member, I either post in the group and say thank you or ask you a follow-up question or I send you an email. So thank you if you do this. I sincerely appreciate it. It really, every time you answer those questions, it helps me help all of you more. So don't be afraid to fill those out if you're in the academy and you watch or read a lesson and you have something to say at the end of the lesson. By all means, go ahead and fill it out. So I want to say thank you to Courtney. She's the owner of Black Angel Designs. She's also a Shopkeepers Lab member. And I want to thank her for suggesting this episode. We'll be sure to link her website in the show notes. Courtney's products are in multiple locations in the Chicago area. I also think she recently opened a brick and mortar space of her own. But she also wholesales her products. So I want to make sure I mention that. She specializes in coasters and wood signs and some other things. So be sure to check out her website. It's blackangeldesigns.com. If you're a Master Shopkeepers member, you should know that you have quite a few recorded lessons and recorded office hours calls with former guest instructor Nikisha Lewis of NOLA Designs. Not only did she teach a masterclass in Master Shopkeepers on this topic, that's why I'm mentioning Nikisha, but she spent time on recorded office hours calls where she answered a lot of our questions on this topic. So if you're a Master Shopkeepers group member, I want to make sure I mention this because you have access to all of those replays. If you go in the group and you can't find them, or if you go into the academy in the Master Shopkeepers area and you can't find them, just tag me, and I'll be sure to point you in the right direction. But they are definitely worth watching. We will be sure to link NOLA Designs and Nikisha's Instagram account in the show notes. But if you want to go follow her now, it's NOLA, N as in Nancy, O-L-A Designs, NOLA Designs underscore. She shares some really helpful information about store design and merchandising, 
On her Instagram post, she does a lot of Instagram stories. I think she's doing reels now. And she's based out of Canada, but I just want to mention this because so many of our listeners are in the U.S. She also offers virtual services too. So check out her website, check out her Instagram, connect with her, follow her, do all the things because trust me, you're going to want to follow her feed. So my disclaimer for this episode is I am not an expert on this topic or in this field, but I can honestly say that I have improved my store layout and merchandising skills tremendously since I started this journey eight years ago. My sister and I actually work on this pretty often, and now I have my creative nephew, Elijah, who's on our team. And he does a fantastic job with displays and merchandising. He's an artist, so it comes naturally to him. And I know I'm really lucky to have him on our team. All this to say that if I look back at pictures of our store when my sister and I first opened, I I cringe a little. (laughs) I often think, like, I can't believe people shopped with us. But you know what? They did. And many have stayed with us on this journey. And you know, the best part about this is that the past year, we really started to nail our store layout and merchandising. Yeah, of course, there's room for improvement. We're not perfect. We'll never be perfect. But all of this effort and work in this particular area must show because I've probably received the most compliments in this area of our business over this past holiday season, and it felt really good. So if you are new to this, or even if you aren't new to this, and you tend to beat yourself up over merchandising and store layout, please know that it can take time and that you can educate yourself on this topic and you can get better. Now, there are some of you, I know because I see you in our groups, who have interior design backgrounds and some of you who are just naturally talented at this. And then there's the rest of us who are jealous and who have to work at it. (laughs) But I just want you to know that if it doesn't come naturally to you, trust me, we can all get better at this. Okay, so let's get started with the tips that I have for you today. I think I have six. The first one is think about your customer's journey. Do your customers naturally head in one direction in your store when they walk in? Now, I understand that this might be determined by your current store layout, but pay attention to their habits and movements. This can actually be really enlightening. And personally, one thing we do is make sure a stroller, for example, can circle the store, our store, because our store layout is a loop. And we have a lot of moms who shop with us, and it's important that it's convenient for them when they arrive with their adorable babies and strollers that they can navigate the store. And when I say a loop, it's just one big circle. The path is one big circle in our store. And there are quite a few patterns when we talk about store layouts, like a grid pattern is one of them. There are others, I'm drawing a blank. But a loop pattern is ideal for our store because we have such a small space. It's around 400 square feet of retail space. Tip number two is, Place new seasonal displays at the front or near your entrance. Yes, you want to show your customers what's current, what's fresh, what's new. Get them excited about the upcoming season and wow them with a great display. Don't make them wait until they're in the middle of your store or at the back of your store and for sure not on the second floor of your store. You want to start 
to evoke that emotion in them, getting excited, whether you sell apparel, what doesn't matter what you sell. So many of us really focus on seasons in our retail businesses, home decor for sure. You know, if it's fall, people love to decorate for fall, or I should say autumn. I have a friend whose name is Autumn, and she always says, don't say fall. (laughs) Whatever the season may be, you want to make sure that's at the front of the store. It's fresh, it's new, it's seasonal. Make sure you're doing that as soon as they walk in. Tip number three is probably, I mean, maybe a no-brainer, but it isn't. What I would advise is not to clutter your store, as tempting as it may be to pack it all in. And I can honestly say that maybe we do a little bit of this around the holiday season, but it's really, again, because we want to get the most out of our space. But you don't want to oversaturate your store because you're thinking that you might miss out on a sale. Don't do this. Make sure your customer has room and space to walk through. Keep it comfortable. One great way to do this is to make sure there are breaks in between displays. You can give their brains time to breathe. And you want them to be able to think in between these breaks. You also want to give them a time to like digest that they're going on a journey through your store. So if you lack storage space or an area for backstock, how can you get creative with this? Can you buy store, like maybe your storage space is limited and you have high ceilings, but you're not, but you're not using it for storage. Maybe you can buy tall storage units, which I'll also talk about height in a minute, but can you buy display pieces that maybe that allow for back stock? Maybe it has drawers in it or a cabinet underneath, because this is another thing I'll talk about. You don't want to go too low with your merchandise. Maybe you can store it underneath. Maybe you can rent a space, a storage unit. Uh, Maybe there's another small space in your building that maybe you can rent from the building owner to store back stock. Just make sure you're not cluttering your store. Number four is to use signs. This is a great way to inform and educate your customer. Is there a display where maybe the customer asks a lot of questions? Would highlighting a feature of the product that you're displaying, like maybe that it's handmade or made locally, would that help educate the customer or help sell the products? I mean, it's great when it can sell on its own without you or one of your team members having to be present to sell it. I know we often say that people don't read signs, But I feel like more people read signs than not. It's just those customers who don't read it that ask you the questions that might annoy you a little bit. But I think signage is so important in a store. So make sure you're doing this. Make sure you're using the signs to either educate or inform your customers. One really good example of this is that we're currently selling these loom pot holders. I think I talked about this before in an episode. But my sister's uncle, through marriage, has a developmental disability, and he creates these bloom potholders. They are very nostalgic for most people. Everyone remembers making them when they were little, and he does a really nice job of these loom potholders. We have a sign that tells his story, and the best part about this, or the funniest part too, is 
Uncle Genie's products, it's one of our top five selling products in the store in 2021. I joked with Karen that I worked for Uncle Genie in 2021. It's great. We love to share his story. He's the sweetest man. He's hilarious. He loves the ladies. And it's nice to be able to support him at the same time. But really, I think part of why his products sell so well is because we tell his story on the sign. Okay, so tip number five is go high. I just touched on this, but many of us have high ceilings in our stores, yet we don't take advantage of them. If you need to invest in tall shelving units or display units or install higher wall shelves, do it if you can. I get it. Some of us have restrictions on our spaces, but I just want to say it's well worth the investment. I have to be careful not to go down the rabbit hole of SPSF sales per square foot right now, but if you're a lab or master shopkeepers member, you probably hear me talk about SPSF a lot or making the most out of our spaces. And the one thing I want to stress here is I'm not just referring to a floor plan when I'm saying make the most of your your store space. I'm also talking about a wall plan. Go high, go up. Don't underestimate the power of going higher in your store. Think about it. If you invest a one-time amount of $1,000 in either display pieces or shelving or whatever it is, and you take that $1,000 investment and turn it into maybe $20,000 in revenue for a year, isn't that a no-brainer? On the flip side, keep low or small items off the floor. Some customers have bad knees, and naturally, customers just don't want to squat or kneel to look at something. So keep it off the floor and go as high as possible. Tip number six is to group it and or stack it. Curating collections or grouping similar items together can be really helpful to a customer. Remember, the more you create a solution for your customer, the better. So this is a really good example. You can naturally create a bundled grouping of items or you can cross-sell on your own with a good display. So for example, when we display kitchen goods in our store, we compare a pretty tea towel, with a really adorable honey jar because the running joke in our store is I will buy all of the honey jars. For some reason, I love honey jars. And then pair that or group it together in a display with like a a jar of handcrafted tea. If someone's coming into our store and they're looking for a housewarming present or maybe a get well soon present if someone's sick and they want to give them a nice hot cup of tea, this presentation or this grouping can naturally create a sweet little trio of products that the customer can buy together. When you stack items, you should focus on dimension too. You'll often find like a trio of display boxes. They're all different heights or width. Or you can even do this with tables on the floor. At my own store, we have a set of these three small nesting tables and we use them all the time everywhere throughout the store. Those three tables move around everywhere. We can put them on the floor We can group them together. We can put them on tabletops to increase the height of a display. We can nest them next to each other for a smaller display. But stacking is a great way to visually break up the space and maximize or optimize height. 
So I have savvy shopkeeper Pinterest boards that are filled with ideas on stacking. Well, really, it's probably they're all filled with all kinds of ideas, not just stacking ideas. There are storefronts, sign ideas, lighting ideas. And I do this because it's actually personally helpful for me. It's personally one of the reasons why my skills have improved here. So if you want to follow me on Pinterest, of course, it's Savvy Shopkeeper, pinterest.com slash Savvy Shopkeeper. Pinterest is a really great tool for educating ourselves on store layout and design and for sure merchandising ideas. It's so good for inspiration. I highly recommend it. Now, you can't just create boards and walk away. That's not going to teach you anything. You want to focus on why is that pin so visually appealing to you? How can you use that type of display in your own store? Or what kind of display piece can you buy or find or repurpose to create that look that you just pinned? So there's so much more to this topic of store layout and merchandising, like the psychology of shopping and buying and consumers and how to create a store layout around that thinking. I mean, I can't possibly fit it all in one short episode, but I genuinely hope that this episode helps you. So to quickly summarize the tips I shared, I'm just going to repeat them quickly all over again, because I know sometimes I cover a lot in a podcast episode. I say a lot. I sometimes talk quickly. So I like to recap at the end so it's easier for you to remember what it is that I covered. Number one, think about your customer's journey. Number two, place new and seasonal displays at the front of your store. Number three, don't clutter. Number four, use signage. Number five, go high. And number six, stack and group. Pretty simple, right? And I think those are just some really good places to start if you struggle in this area. Genuinely, I hope the biggest takeaway, in addition to those tips, I hope one of the biggest takeaways you get from this episode, especially because Profit More is part of my tagline and definitely part of my mission, is I don't want you to be afraid to invest in maximizing your space. I mentioned this in tip number five about going high. If you can 10x or more your initial investment in making or taking advantage of that high space, it's worth it. Trust me. Remember to view every inch and foot of your space as valuable real estate. I'm going to say this again. Remember to view every inch and foot of your space as valuable real estate. If you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, like how to connect with Nikisha, how to follow her on Instagram, how to follow me on Pinterest, you'll be able to find all of those links at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 107. SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 107. So I think this is going to be a nice, quick, short episode to kind of break us back into the routine of podcasting in 2022. I mentioned this in the bonus episode before this, but I'm really happy to be back. I'm happy to be recording new episodes. And if you have any ideas for me for podcast episodes this year, like Courtney shared with me, go ahead and DM me on Instagram. And my Instagram username is at Savvy Shopkeeper. 
Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up. Bye.